Hey, Jamie. excited about this week's topic yes same me too I think if you uh skipped last week or even if you listened to last week uh this is gonna be a nice change of pace yeah I, I hope we make everything serious so I know we gonna... keep saying that we're like well we we're changing pace and then it gets really deep so uh, I don't know that's yeah, just the well, way our brains work We'll work on it, but uh, you're listening to Feeling Feelings, a podcast about the highs and lows of being an artist. Um, I'm Jessica Zolman. And I'm Jamie Varon. And today we're going to be talking about love. Woo! Feelings about love. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. Yeah, so it's... Uh, we, we're going to do our highs and lows, highs and highs lows, highs and lows, highs, highs and, and lows. lows, highs and lows. We're going to do those first and then we're going to get into love and we have a lot to discuss. So I'll go first for my highs and lows. Great. Um, So my high is very work related. So when I, I usually call myself a designer and a creative consultant but I also build websites like I can code um, and every time I have to code a website, I go through like at least a day of panic that I have forgotten how to do it, which is just it's like stupid because I actually know how to do it and have done it so many times. But it's like this thing that I think this is a thing men do or this is a thing that I don't do very well because I don't have traditional training in it or something like that. And I have a lot of imposter syndrome. And then today I coded like a bunch of things that I had to do. Um, and I, I just did it so flawlessly. <laughs> and I was like, why do I always do this to myself? I get so panicked. I have, I procrastinate. I like don't, I always get so, I can't sleep the night before when I know I have to code something. And then I always do it really well. And I do it very detailed and I actually enjoy it because it's like, a really calming meditative thing to just like be very focused on code and so I just my high was like I'm gonna let this be a thing that I'm good at today I decided that I was gonna let myself be good at it and to stop doubting myself because I have proven it enough like Jamie it's been proven so just relax um, and then my low is just generally this week have not been feeling that great. Um, I changed birth controls because I went to, I'm in France and I had to get a new prescription and it is just like fucked with my hormonal balance and just feeling a little raw. I'm like, yeah, okay. That, that shit just wreaks havoc. It does. And I'm like, okay, I feel like my skin's on inside out and Everything Hossem says to me, I'm taking extremely personally. And like, I'm like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, what do you mean? What do I mean by that? I'm like, well, what do you, what do you mean by, what do you mean by that? And it's like oh. this whole thing that we've been a little, a little bickering. And he's like, okay, I don't, he doesn't usually say this to me because it's kind of rude, but I think lately he's right. He's like, you're being a little too sensitive. And I'm like, but yeah, probably. <laughs> As yeah. I cry. <laughs> I don't like that you're telling me that, but 
Yeah. But I think maybe, you're right. Maybe. <laughs> you, you might be onto something with that. Like, but I can't any- control it and too bad. Yeah. And he doesn't, I mean, I will say he's not a per. he does not do that. Yeah. Like discount my emotions. But I think lately I have been very like overly sensitive for, which for me is like really sensitive because yeah, I'm totally. already pretty sensitive. And so this week has just been a little bit trying because, you know, it's that time of the month feeling things. It's more intense. Ah. <sighs> Well, and it's like you're in the season of Gemini. What a rough time to be going through that. Yeah. And I'm in my Gemini season, which is just, I, I'm i very two-sided, yeah. I think. Like last night, I was just like, why did you say that? Like, why did, and, and Hosan was like, um, I'm, I didn't mean anything. You're being so sensitive. And I was like, <sighs> and then two minutes later, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Can I just, but- <laughs> I was like, okay. Who am I right now? Rain it in. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So that's me with the curtain pulled off. Great. <clears throat> the curtain pulled off. I got I them know. nude walls. I got them nude walls. Bearing it all, baby. Bearing it all. To me, actually, that's that's a really hard thing for me to admit. Yeah. Things like that. Totally. I could admit a lot of things, but that, that actually felt really gross and vulnerable to say. Yeah, that takes some like uh, some serious self reflection, and like you kind of have to step outside of the thick of it and like your emotional like bundle to, yeah. s- to see that and know that. So, yeah, good work. Yeah, I don't like to admit that I'm not, you know, always have my emotions together all the time, which I don't think anyone does. No, think not that, all the time. But- and nobody has that all the time. And if they do, that's they're a liar. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's just a different problem. But I think I like to admit that kind of thing when I'm past it, not when I'm in the middle of it. Yeah, that makes sense. I Well, that's probably pretty common, too. Yeah, I think people like to be through the hard time and then talk about it. But I'm just in it. And I didn't have another low, so here we are. <clears throat> That's it. That's it, folks. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm going to start this week off with my low. Um, I, like we talked about last week, am doing doing job, doing job hunt, doing day job hunt is what I'm going to call it because I'm not done being a photographer or an artist. That's not like going to go away, um, which is another hard thing to like grapple with is like, what does it mean? Doesn't mean anything. It's fine. Um, but I had to like <laughs> fully redo my entire LinkedIn. <sighs> Yeah. And LinkedIn is just a low. Like, sorry, LinkedIn. <laughs> Hopefully you won't ever be a sponsor for this podcast or you just don't listen to this episode because um, it would be cool to take your money. But <laughs> right. But like, oh, man, it's not easy. I It was just really hard. And I'm not going to lie. Jeffrey Gerson is my old coworker. And if he listens to this podcast, I just immediately want to apologize for basically stealing half of your LinkedIn because we essentially had the same job for years um, and I helped train him and he is just young and driven and wonderful also if you're listening to this and potentially you're going to hire me I'm also young and driven and wonderful but I'm not as young as he is and he just wrote like everything so perfectly also probably because he went to Stanford and I went to Santa Barbara I feel like there's something to be said about that so I copied off of my old coworker's homework is what my low okay. is. 
that's fine. It's just, the other thing I kept thinking is, why is this language normal? Like, do HR reps actually want to read these words that don't make sense, that are like sterile, that are void of like any emotion? God, y'all, corporate life is not for me, huh? No. I just, that's such like a clear example where I'm like, can I just write that I'm like the dopest person and I'm a rebel and I'm going to run into your company and like help make your culture cool as hell while also challenging everyone to make the best work they possibly can because I don't like conforming? Cool. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I just guess I could. send them this episode. Right here. Just listen to this episode and stop and after go to my Instagram. 10 minutes. And um, also just please hire me because I'm not like anyone else. Uh, yeah. Well, I it's think you weird. can have a little bit of creativity with it. Um, but it's definitely not a creative endeavor to like do your resume and cover no. letter. Totally. It's well, just like be as bland as possible. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they're looking at like hundreds of resumes so it's like who just has the best qualifications and I get that and that's easier to parse if everything looks and sounds similar um but man it's mind-numbing work so that's that and then my high this week um it's pretty relevant to what we're gonna talk about um you know I have like these big changes on the horizon and so um my husband Anthony and I had a conversation about like hey let's make sure like things between us are good and like pretty much four years have been used to seeing each other every single day and like I mean we're constantly around each other um and that's a big deal and so I was like hey let's just do like a check-in let's like just talk about the hard shit that maybe we've been avoiding saying because things have been really good between us like our partnership has been super strong and we've been very happy um but sometimes when that's happening you want to avoid the conflict and which is understandable because it's like no this is too good let's not bring up the little grievances that don't actually matter but they do um and we had a really good conversation and like it wasn't a fight which is great and I feel like we've come a very long way in our seven years together and you know, again, talking about feeling all the feelings, like I cried a lot, but not because it was like a bad conversation. It's just, I was like really emotional. Part of it too is just because it's so nice being in a partnership with someone who can express like their frustrations, but also their feelings and not do it in a way where like I feel attacked or like I'm being judged, which this is like the first relationship I've ever been in where that's true. Um, and so it was cool kind of just seeing like the someone's love and appreciation and, and care in the way that they provide criticism in order to continue to make our relationship stronger. It, it was like new and novel and a little overwhelming. Um, so it was, a, it was a good high. I think a lot of people who are in long-term relationships or have been in long-term relationships can definitely understand that feeling of being like, it's not always that easy to have those hard conversations. Like you want to say that it is, but when it really affects the other person, it's not, it's easier to talk to your friends about it. Yeah. Cause they're not directly involved or directly affected by it. But for that conversation to have gone so well and to both have both of you heard, it's like that, that is really, that's a hard to do. It's like, yeah. It really is. Well, that was definitely not always the case 
with us. Um, and this is something that we wanted to go into on this podcast, but, um, you know, him, he, both Anthony and I have different like fighting styles and I, because I have, you know, my abandonment triggers am like a pursuer. So in an argument, I want to like, go, 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 talk, 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 like, let's get everything out. Sometimes it can like spiral too, right? Where you're talking about like something else that has nothing to do with this thing that you're talking about. Or then I'm like, I just don't like the way that there's no blah, like, right. I just start, I just find different things because I am trying to be like, please validate me. And like, I also need like this, I need closure. I need like a hug at the end of a hard talk, right? Like I, I just, I need a lot abandonment issues yay and then um for him he's a retreater so he would rather avoid conflict he would rather not have the hard conversations it's just like everyone there's like very specific fighting and then also like fight or flight styles that people have and ours are not complimentary um but i've also been with people who want to do the talking for hours and it's like oh god it's too much it's, it's like truly emotionally exhausting so we're at a point where we have a really good balance of like, he can be like, okay, can we maybe table this? Or like, I think that's enough. Um, and I've learned to rein my like pursuing in because it can be a lot. Um, and Jamie, I feel like you and I, our relationship is similar. Like you are definitely the person who it's harder for you to like get into the muck probably not anymore but it used to be um and like okay maybe if I just don't address it and it goes away then like we'll be good and then you know me I was always like no we have to talk <laughs> I need to share every feeling that I'm feeling oh and you God. were like I don't know what feelings I'm feeling I'm not feeling anything I'm annoyed <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah. so it's and so like I feel like I basically married like a version of Jamie because oh, and I married a version of Jessica for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just so funny that, you know, we met our partners and got married at a time when we weren't as close as we are now or were. And it was really funny to see how we like filled our relationship. Like we manifested our relationship in a version of a partner. <laughs> we filled that hole. Yeah. Well, I had a Jessica shaped hole. And Hosem filled it. Yeah, my heart <laughs> needed a Jamie in it desperately. And I got it. Um, but it's I, I think that's super interesting that like we've been each other's person for so many years. So it makes sense that we would want to find someone that because we complement each other really well and challenge each other in really good ways and like have continued to push each other to grow. And I think it's funny that we found partners that do those same things. But also it's logical. Yeah, it makes sense. But I remember growing up, like in junior high and high school and even into college before, well, I guess we stopped being friends. We had our friend break up for like post-college. But yeah, yeah um, post-college. I always felt like you had too many emotions and feelings. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, you always thought that I didn't have enough. Like I would just not feel anything and I think you I think like you had this you had a sense that your needs would be fulfilled and I had a sense that like I had to take care of my needs and no one was going to help me so I needed to just bottle it up and like 
at the beginning of my relationship with Hossem, it took many, many years for me to even be comfortable expressing like something I was upset about in the moment. And Hossem would, and it would upset me so much. I would just be like gutted by it because I, I didn't understand how someone could just be like, I don't like how you just treated me. And I'd be like, what? No, I don't, I don't want to deal with this right now. And then I was, it would be like, oh God, now we have to be in a conflict about this. But now I'm a lot better at just being like, I don't appreciate that. Or um, let's talk about something, you know, like, or let's talk about this. Or I didn't really like what you just did or some, you know, any, they don't, it's not like it comes up all the time, but you know, when you feel like your boundaries have been crossed, like just in every aspect of my life, I used to just be like, I'm going to be self-contained. I'm not going to tell anyone when I'm upset. I'm just going to deal with it myself. And I'm the, I'm my, I'm responsible for myself, which like really lets a lot of people off the hook for being that just, carte blanche with treating me however they want and I think that has changed so much because of Hossam and I mean it mirrors a lot of like what you do Jess where it's just like you say it in the moment and it's kind of abrasive I mean it's like whoa okay I guess we're gonna talk about this right now and I used to just be like Okay, six months later, I'm going to express a feeling that I had six months ago. God. <laughs> it's funny. I I feel like I do that in, like, relationships for some reason. Like, um, like par- romantic partnerships. I'm going to use that phrase. Um, as opposed to friendships. Like, with all of my friendships, and you know, I have a million, um, <laughs> I am, like, so upfront, so honest, so, like, immediate, like, in the moment. I didn't like that. That was hurtful we I want to talk about this or like no that's not okay you can't say that um most of the people that I surround myself by are like either into it because they're like thanks for checking me or you know we just talk about it there there happens to be a small conflict and we get over it but for some reason in my romantic partnerships I'm like ooh, no I'd rather just coast and I don't know I don't know what that is. It's probably, again, like goes to my abandonment issues, right? Of like, if, if you don't I give don't. give anyone a reason to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like if you could just make yourself perfect, nobody would leave. Yeah. And so that's no a, and I'm like, you know, I'm still working through that, like for sure. Um, I, we've been to couples therapy and it's my favorite thing in the entire world. Um, it's expensive. I can't think of, I've never been to a couple of therapists that takes insurance. So <sighs> that sucks. Uh, no, they're, they're living off that, those dual income families. I know it's true, but it's definitely like, I would rather do that than order Chinese food. So, you know, <laughs> it's a worthwhile investment just to yeah. shift some, some finances around for. Um, but yeah, I think, I think those are things that like I'll continually have to work on um, because I'm still bad at it. Like today, you know, I'm I'm bad at it. But um, I know that you wanted to talk about how there's this pressure for women to like desire love or find be love, find love um, above anything else. That like partnership, getting like wifed up in whatever form that means is like the end all be all. I think this is pretty indicative of like American 
in Western society. Well, I guess there are other societies too. <laughs> where it's I guess same. we can just talk about American culture because that's what we know. That's what we know. But yeah. Yeah, I in my mind, I just thought like love is this thing that that women are supposed to want and like they you know all these things about love is blind and like all of these cliches about love like being forgiving and love and like basically people being like it almost gets to an extreme where women are being told like be a doormat let men do whatever I mean hetero we're talking about cisgender like heteronormative that's what I mean that's what we're in we're in like straight relationships yeah and I will say like when I talk about past partnerships I'm using gender neutral terms because I've dated men and women so um I feel like I've brought that up here before being queer, but uh, this is my coming out uh, moment. Um, so so when I'm like, I'm trying to use gender neutral terms because I have both experiences, um, but I don't want to be specific because they, they are not all the same. <laughs> um, and some of yeah. them are exactly the same. So, but with, yeah, like Jamie said, with my current relationship, it's, it's heteronormative. I am married to a man. Yes. And that comes with its own stuff. Yes. I'm married to a man, and also, I mean, I am queer. I have not dated women in the past, but have had casual relationships with them. But um, I've never been in, like, a long-term relationship with a woman. Um, But I – so my experience is, you know, with a man, but also the societal norm and expectation is for women to want to be in love and want to get married – above all else to like even a very specific type of man which is like a man who has money and who um it's not even really who looks a certain way because the the pressure of the looks are on women and the pressure of the money is on men and I just really had such a hard time with that growing up because I was like I don't want that in my I don't want to get married above all else um and I don't think like falling in love is the most important thing. And I experienced, um, I, I really wanted to have some sort of balance with that. So it took me a long time to start dating and to want to be with someone just because I was like, I don't want this to take over my whole life and be like my value Yeah, is that I'm married or, you know, Cause like actually when I met Hosam, I didn't even want to get married and through like, I just, I love him so much. So that's not even the conversation that I'm having anymore, but it took me a long time to even want to be married and to work through a lot of that where I was like, this is not my value. Like my value is not, I'm now a wife. Um, and that was also very difficult um, to kind of balance with also being like very in love with someone. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, I have to, I need to maintain my independence, but also I want to like share my life with this person. And so it was a little bit complicated and it still continues to be complicated as I try to like maintain my independence. And also I don't think like, 
I tell my single friends all the time, I'm like, it's not any better or worse to be like single or in a relationship or yeah. married. It's just like, different issues. <laughs> it's just different. Like, yeah. And I think that I like being married so much because I also liked being single so much. Like I don't feel trapped and I don't feel like, oh, I'm better than someone because I'm married. And I don't like that. I really didn't like that attitude that I saw no. a lot of people use and like kind of condescend to single people of like you'll find someone head pat it's like like they're good leave them alone I feel like um when I was a teenager probably even earlier Jamie can attest to this I've like always wanted to be married but I yeah always I just was like I want to be a partner I want to be with someone and I think um it was more like you wanted to be loved I wanted to be loved I mean and I come by it honestly and um and I think you know I gravitated towards relationships with men um but I think the thing that I found really hard when it came to my relationships with women was that at the time, this is not true now, obviously, but a lot of um, queer and gay women were like, oh, well, we can't, like, you can't get married. So, like, being married isn't on the agenda, you know, like, that's not a part of the plan. And so I think I never um, more seriously dated women because all the women that I did date were like, that's a silly pipe dream that you have that's a, like a straight dream. <laughs> like, you can't have that and and it was like for me those were the head padding moments of like oh you sweet sweet bisexual girl you don't know what you're talking about um <laughs> which is true it's so true and i just was like what are you talking about we can do anything we want it's you and me against the world baby but that was never that wasn't reality you know like marriage was not a thing that was po possible um and I'm like, man, we can do a whole thing about how happy I am about the youth of America today and how they don't have to think about that and how oh. they can have families and how they can adopt children and how they can get married. Ugh, it just makes me so happy because I felt like I didn't have those choices. Um, and most there was no queer representation, really. No, any not on TV. Any different kind of representation Not at in all. music. Not in not in any of the art magazines. I nothing. No, I mean it was just Ellen basically, and for a while she got pulled off the air because of it. So, ooh, um, and, and I guess Rosie too. We went home would like literally watch Rosie O'Donnell's talk show. Um, what I wouldn't have given to see Janelle Monet. Yeah, just existing. So I think kid. I think the time that I grew up in and it's funny being like a 30 year old and being able to look back on that and now say like when I was a kid, I had to walk uphill in the snow and couldn't marry a woman. Um, but <laughs> but it's true. And I think I had that that had a really big effect on me and my queerness and then also my relationships with partners, um, because when I dated, well, honestly, whatever, whoever I dated, I, there was never even footing. Like, no one was ever on the same page. Either I was put on this pedestal or there was this, like, your dreams are different than my dreams. And so there was always an unspoken incompatibility that I just would ignore because I was so desperate for love. But with Anthony, that's not the case. Like, we are both individuals. We are both creative. We are both successful. We are both, like... I mean, we are truly partners, and I think approaching a relationship in such a refreshingly healthy and, like, awesome 
and we push each other. I feel like because of our partnership, we are both better at being artists and we're both better at creating and at like pursuing our dream because we are equal. Um, we both had the same goals. We both had the same dreams. Um, well, not the same dream. You know what I'm saying? Our dreams were compatible. Um, and it's just been like for seven years really 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 refreshing to not have this imbalance and even if we do have imbalance to be open about it and talk about it and make sure that we are on the same page and that um each of us is when we're feeling vulnerable like comforted um well it's a much different ex i i think it's really different when you actually want a true partner who's an equal as opposed to like an admirer or someone that's going to confirm all your insecurities like there's a lot of reasons we fall in love and not all of them are great reasons sometimes like, totally I look back and I think wow I I was always always in love with unavailable unavailable people I won't even say men unavailable people who just for whatever reason were either not into me or emotionally stunted or just straight up like in a relationship already. And um, I was just like trying to prove something to myself that like if I could get the most ungettable person, I was worth something. Like I think in the past I've used love as so much self-worth and like using someone's desire for me as proof of my, of how hot I am or like how attractive I am I mean we all do that That's yeah definitely it's, not it's validating unique. yeah yeah it's validating and I think I did that a lot especially because growing up I had this I've always been you know I, I hate the term overweight but like that's got to be the term we use because we haven't found something else but like I've always been overweight and um I grew up thinking like no one was gonna love me and I wasn't even worth loving. Like I had to lose weight in order to be loved and to be desired. And so as I went into like high school and college and I was like approached by people and desired, I was really confused for a long time. So I was like, you, I used that for like my own self-esteem in not a healthy way. And I thought it was love. Like I was like, if someone just wants me, that's love. And I had to work through that so much because then when Hossem came along and he actually loved me, like and really wanted to know me, I was I was so suspicious. It was really strange. I was so so suspicious. I was like, "Well, why? But like why do you love me? I don't understand. I was told like I I was told I was supposed to be loved when I lost weight or like when I looked a different way or when I felt better about myself or like what what do you want what do you want from me and so I had a lot of like toxic ideas about what love was and used love and desire and lust like interchangeably as just like self-worth like if someone wants me that's enough. That's like my fuel for the next couple of months as like, I'm good enough. I'm attractive enough. I'm not like gross and undesirable and unlovable. 
and not it's not awesome to feel that way I felt like that was a big thing that I needed to overcome because I was like why am I giving other people the power to decide something that crucial about myself yeah definitely it's big stuff man yeah I think it's interesting that as teenagers we like put so much pressure on ourselves to like mock relationships I know I say that now as like an old 30 year old and if I were 16 and I heard someone say that I'd be like fuck you I'm in a real relationship um but okay that's cute. get off my lawn all right <laughs> get but, a like, room. but I remember people saying that to me right I had a long-term um boyfriend in at the end of high school um and people were like this isn't this isn't anything like stop what are you doing and I don't regret doing it and obviously it was a real relationship but um, I find it interesting that that's a thing that teenagers do. It's just like this part of society where we like, I don't know, play pretend for a bit. <laughs> but I think it's interesting because it can have such a profound effect on people who maybe aren't interested in doing that or aren't at a place where they feel comfortable doing that. You know, I just remember our friend group, like everyone was coupled up and it put so much pressure on people who weren't in these like really unnecessary and unhealthy ways um yeah sorry I just had like a full existential crisis about like why humans partner and <laughs> and like and like that it's just so we could further our DNA Whoa. and our species I went yeah my brain went to a whoo uh-oh anyway just went into full existential crisis <laughs> mid podcast yeah. it's like the fifth time this week so I'm not too surprised it's a but weird it's, week, honestly. Yeah, it is. It like, gets really at a fucking full moon. I don't is know. Is Mercury retrograde? What I don't the know. fuck? What, and what is love? Like, is it just a chemical reaction? So, like, are we can continue to exist as human beings? Oh, man. I don't are know. Are we going this this direction? I thought we were going light. Put me on Pluto. I think I'm done with this fuck. planet. Oh. Honestly, though, I could get into some shit about love. Like, what is it really? And like, do we just decide yeah. that we just love a person and just keep it like and do we only know love by like comparing it, it like saying that I have never felt this intensity of yeah. a feeling so then it must be love and why are all artistic renderings and expressions of love in books and movies unrealistic and don't mirror at all what life is actually like is it because that's oh. the ideal that people have in their minds and so those representations are like dream versions but then on accident they're contributing to these unhealthy ideals oh yes and why is everyone <laughs> trying to act like they're relationship is the best like i i remember reading a thing that said like it the people who post on social media the most about how much they're in love are the ones most likely to like not be in good relationships yeah and i'm like what is that thing like why can't we just be honest that like yeah fuck Hosem and I fight. Of course we fight because we're two different people i did not marry my exact twin like, sorry, I didn't, like, just marry my mirror. I actually, I do understand it because one time I remember I was having a conversation with someone who was very deep in the, my relationship is perfect. Yeah. And therefore, like, everyone whose relationship isn't perfect is in the wrong relationship because we're always really trying to find if someone's in the quote unquote wrong relationship that's a good point if someone's not right for them like yeah. it's like we're on this freaking 
we're always trying to monitor everyone. Ugh, let First people all, on their own journeys. Let people fucking be on their journeys. I'm yeah. getting heated. But <laughs> I was talking to someone who was very deep in the like, well, my relationship is perfect. And I have to believe that because probably something deep down was really going on. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Um, but then I said something like, I, I think it was about money between yeah. Hosem and I. And like, of course... Money has always been a little point of contention with us, but like, or not contention, but we have different views on it and everything. Um, And it's stressful when you don't have money. Duh. And so this person was (laughs) like, this person actually said to me, she was a friend of mine. She was like, wow, I can't believe you guys have been together as long as you have. It seems like this would be like the first year you've been together. And I was like, you snatch. What the hell? I just admitted something that was like vulnerable to me. Oh. And you just compared yourself and tried to make yourself feel better and said that bomb in my face. And I was like, I don't trust you. I'll never talk to you honestly again. And that was like the last time I really hung out with her. Hopefully she's not listening to this podcast. Yikes. Well, (laughs) you said friend was a friend. So I just assumed that was that. But. I don't know. I found out someone that I thought we were not really that close anymore was real deep in the podcast. And I was like, Ooh. oh, well, okay. they probably are. So holler if you want me to cut that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I have I have a bunch of friends who do listen to this podcast who are married. And and I I just can't fathom being like, let me I don't know, like tell you that that's wrong. Like that's so I can't. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, everyone has their things. And I think the thing that's nice about, you know, my friends who I am close with is I'm so close with them that we are both vulnerable with each other. I know they're like triggers. I know what they went through growing up. I know the things that deeply emotionally affect them. And so as an outsider who's not a psychologist but can at least be like, hey, as someone with the perspective of your history, do you think that that conflict is coming from this place? And they do the same thing for me. I feel like we're able to just provide each other with like free life counseling. And it's so helpful, you know, to have a person, Jamie, you and I do this for each other all the time, who can sit there and be like, do you think that the root of that is this experience you had growing up? And it's like, you know, the meme with the guy being like, whoa, (laughs) it's it's like those moments. But I think that's also... For me, part of why I am so appreciative in my relationship, in my very loving partnership of also having friends who know me so well that I have a person who I can be like, hey, am I off base here? Be honest. I know you're my cheerleader, but like, what the fuck are these feelings that I'm feeling? And have someone tell me. And sure, yes, I, you know, I work it out with my partner as well. But being able to go into that, working it out with my partner, saying like, hey, I also know what I'm bringing to this and like how I'm contributing to the conflict or, um, you know, what I want to do differently, knowing that I may have manifested the conflict. I think it's so much healthier. Um Definitely. I know our couples therapists have always encouraged, like, have a person. Like, you should have someone you can vent to, especially since, like, we are around each other 24-7. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely have people. And, like, my favorite question to ask married friends is, what do you guys fight about? Because <laughs> I always want to know. And I know 
people fight because the thing is, is like fighting's not bad. I mean, there's probably a point when it maybe gets, it's too much, but like usually the fight is like two people who just want to be heard and like yeah. feel comfortable to ex- like uh, express themselves. Like I definitely always thought, I never thought fighting was a big deal um, just because I was like, it just takes time to figure each other out and like the intensity of the emotions are there. Like you can't, and also to say like a relationship is, you know, a romantic relationship is the same as a friendship. Like it's not, there's an intensity and a proximity that's just not the same that ever can be the same. And it's also, you can have many friendships, but if you're monogamous, you have one, you have one partner and that's what you, that's who you're with and who you're doing life with. And I find that, that if you have two people who are unwilling to like, kind of, I guess, like bend to the other's will. Yeah. Like if you, if one person's not more controlling than the other and it's actually equal, then you're going to have conflict and you're going to have things that come up because two people are trying to like create one life and they're yeah, two, two different people. Two people with like history and their own shit and their own like, I don't something that when Anthony and I were going through a rough patch that our um, therapist said to us, which I love, was like, she just was like, hey, look, do you guys want to like be together? Like, is the end goal of this to make it work because you love each other? Or are you both like one foot out the door? And the two of us, thank God we're on the same page. We wanted to make it work. Like we were in, we were going to work on things. We were going to make it happen. And she was like, awesome. Because let me tell you, the shit that you're bringing into this relationship now, the issues that you both have, the hurdles that you both need to overcome, if you leave each other, you're still bringing that with you into something else. And you're just starting all over again. And you've already done a bunch of work and you already know each other and you already know that history. So you can be empathetic to it and understand it, but we got to get to a point where you're both able to be that for each other. And it was just like, yeah, man, like I just would bring all my shit to someone else's door. Like that doesn't make, I don't want to start over, you know? And so we weren't there, but um, yeah, at least being able to see that and say, cool, well, I'd rather deal with this shit with this person because like they're a good person. And I, and I like genuinely enjoy the the challenge of of a partnership with them. Um, can we uh, can we derail this for a second so I can talk about how much I love my dog? I love my dog so much. <laughs> I mean, I love your dog so much. I feel like dog love is also another thing. <laughs> like, I know that sounds silly. Like, I don't I'm like laughing the term at it. Dog. Do- love, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not talking about like. Okay, Jamie. I know. I just don't like the term how it's. There's a way. Okay, go ahead. Jamie, I wanted to pause so you could really think about that. <laughs> I stand by it. There's got to be something else to say other than dog love. Okay, well, man's best friend. I just, I don't know what it is. I know I had a dog growing up, and that dog was fine. And <laughs> you had a dog growing up, little chom chom. That dog was fine too. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't even his name. No, I know, his but we called him Tommy. Tommy. But we called him Chom Chom. That was a Nick. That was a Nick invention. Uh, <laughs> like that, we so both bad. just said it at the chom same time. Chom. It was Chom Chom. Um, chom Chom and Chom Chom Cheru. That was his full God-given was his name. Full- 
God-given nickname. <laughs> but like sometimes I just look at my dog and I want to cry. I think, okay, well, let me say, part of it is, as discussed, I have anxiety. It's extremely bad. And my dog fully, like, removes that from the equation. And my personal therapist has him as my emotional support animal, so I can fly with him. I only fly short distances. Calm down. Also, it's real. I'm not a faker. Uh, (laughs) So I feel like my bond with my dog is, like, probably a little more intense Um, which I'm sure other people can empathize with, even if their dog is not an official ESA that like when shit is hitting the fan, especially in this climate in America, having like this tiny little beast that depends wholly on you, like look at you with so much love in their eyes is like the most rewarding thing. It just takes you away from all of the like bullshit for a minute. And it's really nice and rewarding. Um, not to be against other dogs, but I mean, your dog is an exceptionally loving, adorable dog. Yeah, my that, dog. Like, yeah, just being around him makes me happy. Also, you saw Hosem's face. I know. Hosem really wanted to take Dagger. I don't oh. blame him. I mean, every time in Europe when we see a Pomeranian, yes. we're like, it's little Dagger. It's little Dagger, yeah. Um, he, whenever we go out anywhere, too, like, he stares at people who he wants attention from. And then when they look at him, he starts wagging his tail and, like, and like sits perfectly like the goodest boy. And you can tell that he just, like, brings other people joy, too. And there's something as someone who's, like, community centric and empathetic that like makes me feel so happy that that's a thing that he can do for people even for like three seconds of their day um and it's part of why I started an Instagram account for him too right it was like if I can like make a dog account that makes someone happy for like one second where they're like oh my god that face then you know at least I put something like joyful out into this world I mean every time I see a picture of dagger I go dagger and I mean I gotta say sometimes I miss dagger more than I miss you that's fair and sometimes I look at dagger and I'm like do I love you more than my husband and then I go no different it's different yeah (laughs) that's why I don't like the term dog love I know I was um we joke he's like Anthony will look at dagger and we'll be like you're my best friend but in a different way (laughs) because you can't be the best right I'm the best I'm truly the best friend well, yeah, but... In well, a different way. In a different way. No, well, that's the thing. So I'm glad you brought this up because I also believe that, like, there's so many different expressions of love. Yeah. And, like, to put that all on your romantic partner to, like, be the end all and everything is just silly. Because, like, I, I love my friendships. I would go... I would lose it if I didn't have my friendships and if I didn't have like close relationship with my mom and my family and like being able to have a lot of love spread out instead of being like, Oh, Seb, you're my only one. Yeah. It's like, God, ugh. if he was like that with me, I'd be like, can you relax and please like find <laughs> friends? Yeah. I need you to find people, please. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, he's the friendliest person in the world, so he always finds people. But yeah. Well, because you married I, me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I think independence is like friends. Su- super, super, super important. Um, 
when it comes to relationships. I mean, it's, you know, whatever, codependency, people can say it's unhealthy, but if it works for you, it works for you. Like, we're not here to judge. But for me, having someone who trusts me, where I can like, I don't have to bring them to everything and it's not like an issue of jealousy. Like, I want to go to all these things that you do. He's like, I'm good. I'm I'm working. I'm editing a video. Don't worry about it. Um, and there aren't, there isn't conflict there. Oh, and the travel thing too. Like, I travel so much and sometimes it's for work and sometimes it's just for fun. And sometimes Anthony's there on the fun trips and sometimes he's not. And same goes for him. It, I had never been in a partnership where someone wasn't like jealous that they weren't invited to every single travel experience, you know? Uh. Yeah. And that's, and that's such like for me in my life, I understand that's totally different for everyone else. But in my life, that was so important because part of my work is traveling. And if there isn't trust there and if there isn't like, you know, excitement for the other person as opposed to jealousy, like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously that's, you're bringing something in from your life experiences that's dictating that feeling um and it's understandable and reasonable but man you got to work on that because I think it's been so rewarding for him and I to have experiences individually as people and then come together and be able to like share those experiences as individuals with each other as friends and partners (laughs) exactly I I've always really like what I've valued like my independence and my yeah. own life and so does Hossam and like we I think it was a couple months ago like he went and visited his family in Tunisia and he was like go to London yeah for the week and I was like good idea I'm gonna go to London for the week totally and like I went to London and I don't think that's weird but I think some people do some people think that's weird yeah a couple people were like where's did your husband not go on that trip and yeah. I was like you know what? We're not the same person. We're not the same. We don't have to be attached. Yeah. Like it's, it was so fun to come back and be like, how was your trip? What totally. was going on? Yeah. Also, why doesn't no one talk about the fact that like, if you spend every second with your partner, there's nothing left to talk about. Yeah. You've got to get new material people. Totally. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, especially, I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. Like being freelance, being independent, like sometimes your days also just don't have anything going on in them. So being able to like create, you know, a story of your own as an individual and then like excitedly share that with your partner is, I don't know. I love that. Like that is super rewarding. And there's something to be said for like missing someone too, you know, especially as freelance artists who are always freaking home. Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah. I like missing people. Same. And I I also, I actually really like being alone and I love traveling by myself. I think it's just, it's just a totally different experience because you're, you don't have anyone to discuss what you're seeing. And so you're like processing it by yourself and in, it's just a different experience of that. Whereas like, it's more touristy when you're with someone or like you're taking more pictures of each other and this and that which is great and it's it's just different like I really value those times where I can just be like I'm gonna go on a walk and like figure out where I'm gonna end up and not even take one picture and not be like you know talk to anybody and I that to me is like I need that for my creativity like I need that for my work I can't just always I need to process and be inspired and do 
do things by myself yeah. a lot. I also find that like traveling alone so often for exactly all those reasons that you described. I love like having my phone away for the day and just having my camera out. And like sometimes I just don't buy like a data package until day three, you know, if I'm traveling mm -hmm. abroad. But I think having all those experiences on my own also makes traveling with my partner like so fun and yeah. like not stressful. Like as opposed to if the only times we traveled were together, I think it would become like just a, a routine of like ugh the airport ugh this ugh a flight and instead it's like these little mini adventures that I get to take with like my babe and um I I think that if the only times that we traveled were together that probably wouldn't be as exciting it would just be another like routine thing that you do um yeah I like that it's a mini adventure even just going to the airport so yeah but I also think societally there's a lot of things that are changing. I mean, if there had been as much awareness about like independence and about just being your own person, especially as a woman in a relationship, um, when we were growing up, I, I feel like I would have been less hesitant to be in a relationship. And because I was like, I'm going to lose myself. That's what happens to women. Like every romantic comedy, they just become like, part of a unit and then they don't have like that was what that time was really about that kind of like obsessive just all-encompassing love and now we have so much more awareness about being your own person and independence and like having different parts of different aspects of love in your life like how much how much more emphasis there is on female friendship I mean I always have, oh, we've always, you and I have always valued our female friends, but I didn't realize that was like not a thing for some people either. Like that was maybe not something they valued as much as maybe being with their romantic partner. And that's fine. I mean, everybody can do whatever they're going to do, but I love how much awareness there is about that, that like that is as like actually can be more intimate with your female friends than it can be with your partner just in a different way like there's things that you just talk about with like woman to woman yeah that you don't always talk about with your partner if you're in a straight relationship well and I feel like aside from you my two closest friends are also men and I think being in a relationship with someone who is secure with that and comfortable with that both of them are married like but they Shout out to Aaron. I know you're listening to this. Um, but like, hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. But Aaron is is my best friend. Like he, other than you, is my person. And I can't imagine my life without him being my best friend. I can't imagine being with a partner who didn't understand and was comfortable and like respected that. And then, you know, his his wife is, oh my God, I love Leah. Hi, Leah. She's my favorite. Hi, Leah. And like having another woman like as my friend who I can speak with about like serious things and their son is my godson. Like it just, I, it's made my life like a more rewarding place because my partner has encouraged me to foster close relationships with, you know, people like gender aside, you know, um, and I think that's also something that probably people find conflict in. Um, but yeah. Yeah. All my male friends aren't, I don't keep in touch with them anymore. <laughs> One of them didn't invite me to his wedding. Well, and burn I it all felt, to the ground. Yeah. I was like, 
Well, that that's the line in the sand then, I guess, because I invited him to my small intimate wedding because I thought we were friends, good friends. Um, Weddings whoa, are weird. This is like these are some things are coming up for me. I don't mean to even like talk about this, but I mean things just come up. It's like therapy in this. I, yeah, in this always. podcast every, every every week every episode. We think we're really going to talk about how it affects us being artists, and we pretty much only touch on it. But to be fair, like to bring it back, they, it all relates. Yeah, because being an artist is is an expression of your life. Yeah. And so, I mean, all of these life things and love and everything, they all they all connect back to what kind of art you do and how you spend your life as a creative. Totally. So, it connects, but I mean, definitely we mostly just talk about what it's like to be a human. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's part it's part of the whole package. Yeah. Well, well, on that note, on that note, uh, so please review us. <laughs> please validate us. Please validate um, us. The reason the reason we keep asking for reviews is because after like five episodes, there's a chance that Apple will feature us. And so we would really like to get our podcast onto more ears, earballs. I was going to say onto more earballs. Yep. Onto more yep. earballs. Yeah. Um, and so if there's a if there's a good amount of ratings, they might feature us. So that's why we keep saying that, not because we just are like hungry for your comments, but we are. We are. We are hungry for your comments. We are um, with good intentions. With good intentions, definitely. <laughs> uh, as always, everything is at feelingfeelings.co, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, all the social media things. And tell us your feelings about love. What resonated? What didn't? Tell yeah. us. Yeah, tell us. Let's and, chat. And thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening. We're halfway. We're halfway through a season two. Woo! Woo-hoo. Doing it.